Welcome to another episode of Chad and Steve Have a Podcast. In today's episode, we talk about estranged YouTube videos, OG content creators, the Streamy Awards, and how Steve has an obsession with cat live streams. If you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to Chad and Steve Have a Podcast and leave a comment if you would like to say hello. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Chad and Steve Have a Podcast. Wow, Chad, that was that was your best intro ever. <laughs> I think it just keeps getting better week <laughs> after week. And we say that every time, dude, don't we? <laughs> it's starting <laughs> to become a thing. We have the things intro. now. It's the intro gag. <laughs> I don't know. Well, let's just skip ahead to asking how you're doing, Steve. How I'm doing. Things? I'm doing really well. I was. I had a good um, video last week. I mean, it was kind of surprising. I'm gonna pull this up because it's surprise. You know how YouTube does this thing? They just started doing maybe what was it last year or so where they say you know, ranking by views your last ten videos. This oh, is, what a handy feature! The best feature that they've brought. It is, and I don't even know how long. So my last video I posted was. <laughs> Number one out of 10. And it, it's, it, it's a lot by it. You know, it's beat out the other ones by a lot. And it is, I, I think, and maybe you can help me think this through, is just the title of it. Because it, it, it has a crappy thumbnail. And all it says is, I made a bridge across my dining room for my cats. This is my life. And I thought it was just a kind of a funny title because I couldn't think of anything, anything to call it. And this is just part of an ongoing series that I've been doing of, of these videos about building this stuff for my cats. But literally, I just thought this was going to be like w lower than the 10th. It was going to be like one of the worst ones. And I just knew that because there's hardly any content in it. I, I, I produced, I made like, I don't know, I shot like three minutes or something of actually building this this bridge for the cats and then the rest of the video I'm just like talking to the audience which I love doing that's kind of like my favorite thing to do but and I, I talked about like Halloween videos and you know spooky videos but for some reason this video was number one out of the past 10 and I it just floored me because I was never expecting that it was like I, I feel like I sometimes I feel like I just phone them in you know and <laughs> I probably shouldn't be admitting that but I don't know now you're pretty diverse with your title. So let's dig into the title first. I made a bridge across my dining room for my cats. This is my life. Now uh, you uh, are one to not really have any like huge titling standards as in you sometimes do questions. You sometimes do yeah. kind of clickbaity ones. You do a whole mixture. Have you done kind of something similar to, to this style where it's literally just kind of like a statement like that? Cause I have found yeah. sometimes when you do that, you take one small particular thing uh, and may I also say that that thumbnail might not be as boring as you think it is. Depends upon which one you're seeing. Oh, because we have an A-B test going on. Right. right. Now. Yeah. What so you, coming is... out with your brand new videos out of the gate with A-B tests or do you wait a, do you wait a little while? I do it the first day. I mean, and the, the A-B test doesn't start until midnight. So the first, my, my thumbnail A is on there for the whole first day, basically, you know, until midnight and then the test starts. And so this, the one that's showing right now is just me, I, you know, I'm nailing on some trim onto a board. It's like nothing. Uh, well, I, us here in Canada are seeing you, um, what looks like to be drilling in a, a screw, probably. Yeah, that's probably the one, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a good thumbnail. There's a good perspective of the back of your workshop. You get to see that you're clearly in a workshop. 
there's a really interesting line which is kind of going through drawing your uh, drawing your eye into the middle of the thumbnail which is instantly eye-catching and you're wearing a very contrasting blue shirt and it oh. looks like just in a very quick shot it it's very clear what you're doing within a millisecond of looking at it it's a very clear thumbnail so i actually quite like that thumbnail however that doesn't work in many cases as in you've done this many many times before so i'm looking at oh it looks like it's all, the thumbnail test is already done i didn't realize that and that's that's you're looking at the winner yeah obviously the other one was me installing the bridge so you just see me standing there and holding it up against the wall so it's more of like a completed project kind of thing which and that was my first one that I put on there. And I should I should know because usually when you show like whenever I show a completed project, those are always those never really perform as well as if I if I show a part of the project that I'm building. There's more mystery involved. And I, I know that I've talked about this before, but I'm the same way. If I'm looking through woodworking videos and I, I see a full completed project, I just kind of look at it and go. Oh, that's interesting. And then I'm like, well, I don't need to watch it now. I just saw Save the myself 18 minutes of my time now. It's like Pinterest. You know, it's just become the YouTube thumbnail is just a Pinterest photo. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I, I just thought it was surprising to see that. And it just goes to show there's just no there's really no way of, of predicting these things. You think you can, and I try to um figure it out, but when it comes down to the content on that video wasn't any better. In fact, it, I don't think it was all that great, but there you go. It's sad to think that it ultimately just does usually come down to the thumbnail and title combination. And regardless of whether it's content, which you kind of really want to have that attention or just something that just happenstances along the way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it uh, it really shows the amount of luck that's involved in, in <laughs> all of this and just the stuff that you don't think about. And that's what I love about the A-B test because it allows you a chance to do something that you wouldn't think would work and actually see tangible results and see sometimes how wrong you are. The funny thing about those A-B tests is that it's almost always my B test that wins out. And my first instinct on thumbnail is almost always wrong. The, the second, the variation almost always wins on mine. So Usually I, I always kind of think my first instinct is always the best on, on most things, but. It's because know. you've watched it so much, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe yeah. you're so like involved in it and you think you know what it is. I mean, maybe actually maybe you, I mean, it's going to work in your favor because whatever your gut instinct is, you just do the opposite of it and you're going to have success each time. Maybe so. Maybe so. Hey, I know I got another question for you. Have you ever done any of your videos posted them as a premiere done the whole premiere thing you know yes once just uh, one time months ago and it screwed up the whole way the views were counted on the video and it was the really? only time that that had ever happened and i shared that with our youtube manager it's like hey posted this video it was actually supposed to be a really good video and i got excited about this premiere um kind of feature which they were they were wasn't even testing at the time. It was like, it was fully integrated into a way that you could launch a video. And um, there was some people who kind of like watched it live. And then there's the, the, the chat section, I guess. It's like a live chat section that you, you, you do. And then after uh, the 15 minutes of it being kind of like live streamed in that way, it went onto the channel and it just sat there and it didn't do it. It did unlike any other video that we've released 
on our channel. Eventually, I think the views ended up getting up to like a respectable level on that particular video, but it started out and it was just seemed like it was being so hampered in one way or another because mm. of because of that. Have you tried it yet? No. And do you think that was just a glitch on that one time? Could very well have been. And yeah. perhaps it actually was also just something that was bound to happen to that particular video, uh, whether I had made it a premiere or not. But that was my one and only uh, experience. And, and yeah. I was thinking about, because I've, I've got my Halloween video. I just finished shooting, editing. It's in the can, already uploaded on YouTube. I actually sent you a link so you can take a, a preview of it if you want. It's on Do I get stage. a sneak preview? Yes, you get a sneak It's one preview. of the benefits of... Yeah, yeah. I, I mentioned in there, you listen to it with your headphones because I spent a lot of time working on this sound. I love working on these Halloween videos. They're so much fun. I mean, Sound I just, design is one of the most underrated thing in any it's so video. so fun. And just putting in these these little bitty and little sounds yeah. and little background things that you don't think about it. But when I'm watching the video through multiple times and I think something is missing here what does it need and it just needs that little sound some sort of a sound effect and luckily you can find all of these on YouTube people are you know upload all kinds of sound effects and you just yep. download them so that's it's pretty handy you know what I, I did oh, first of all the premiere thing <laughs> I, was, I got two things I was going to ask you about the premiere thing is that I was thinking well maybe I'll do that on this I've never done the premiere but I thought, well, maybe I could do it on this one. And I know it's like it, you premiere it and then you can, there's a chat that goes along with it. And I know when it first, the feature first came out, it didn't go over very well, but that's the way YouTube is, you know. That's usually like the it. way. Yeah. People are like, just post the damn video. Why do you have to make us wait for two? You know, I, I don't know. Was, but I think now people have gotten used to it. And I love the way YouTube says, premiere your video and help build the hype around it yeah <laughs> i'm like there's no hype around my videos <laughs> there's a few people that are excited to see it and they're going to be there whether i hype it or not i suppose but you know what i did on this video is i used i intentionally used a copyrighted song it's a song that i, I just wanted for this video in fact in a way the whole video was kind of framed around this song even though it's at the end of the video and I just thought this would be the funniest juxtaposition to have this song with, <laughs> and I think you know what it is, because I think I mentioned it to you before. You did. And, but it, with this kind of like spooky stuff going on, and then it gets lighthearted. And so I, uh, this is the first time I've ever used a song knowing that it's going to be demonetized, you know, or demon, <laughs> demonetized, right? Halloween. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so, but I, I uh, so I uploaded the, the unlisted one. And it tells you like instantly, it's like ineligible for monetization, even though I'd already checked, do not monetize. Yeah. But they're but quick, it, eh? Those filters pick it up, right? Damn, right away, there it is. And it says, you, you this isn't, you know, as, as I expected, it says this isn't a strike or anything against your channel. It's just like, we're gonna take yeah, money off of this thing. But the question I have is if it, it said it'll, it will change your monetization settings or something, because I had mindset to, not monetize it but now but does that mean they're gonna put the ads on there with it even though i'm not monetizing it they're not going to take my I, I don't know if I'm they even, just don't give the money to you i believe that would go towards the person so who, it will whatever, be so they're going to run ads regardless because it's an it, it's it's being run it's, they're going to run the ad on youtube not, obviously uh, and then they just take the money and they would pay universal music group or what i don't remember the song and i don't know if you want to spoil it or not um but no, it, it literally the in every single movie it's when when stuff's really going bad 
to like start stuff starts going your way and there's yeah. a montage this is the song so right go ahead yeah this is exactly it, it. <laughs> that's exactly it i didn't know though if i i don't know i i guess i i, I don't know how to say this i guess what i'm confused about is do they take like uh adsense monetization from that video when i'm not monetizing it myself or is it just the fact that they get to play that or put that ad on your description saying download it from bmg music group or whatever or, or quite possibly know? both things obviously you do get the ad so therefore people can like hey i like that song i'm gonna i'm gonna go right. use it in the montage sequence of my youtube video right. so i'm gonna go <laughs> exactly. yeah. have That's you ever inquired about trying to to get copyright music for it. i mean with with all of the uh, royalty free music and stock music which is available now it's it's you can easily go um without having to use any kind of like copyrighted music but a kudos for you know taking the bullet on that one you know you're going to release a piece of content that you're not just going to be able to monetize so you're doing it for the love of that scene you were in editing and you're like i'm willing to demonetize the video so that <laughs> i can have the ultimate it. montage song happen yeah. during my montage it is the best montage ever and I, I it's just it is weird when i think about okay i'm not gonna i can't monetize this video and yeah. i have spent probably an inordinate amount of time editing this thing way more than i do any other video and it's probably just because the nature of my halloween videos not going to get very many views anyway yes but, yeah, that's they're the, usually a, they, yeah they are they're a low performer for you right as yeah they they are this is the but you know this video doing these every year is, is like this is why I started doing YouTube yes. this kind of video is the stuff I just I love doing these kind of videos you know it's and fun. it's nice to be reminded about that and it's all yeah. nice to be in the position that you're in where even the other videos that you're doing fall more in line with the type of videos that you want to be doing right now right right so we received notification from the streamies today Ooh. nominations had been announced and in the 10 years that we well we have we've been doing it for 10 years we've been trying to maybe get an award of some sort um for the past whatever seven or eight years and this year i'm proud to say we didn't get a nomination oh. again I, ha I had my finger all on the applause button I don't Do have we have sound, sound effects like there? <laughs> if I did, I was going to play that sound effect. You know, someday we'll get to that point where we have those instant sound effects. But I, so why you didn't get any nomination then? Nothing, nothing whatsoever. And again, I think uh, I mean I lamented this point, um, um, whatever the last time we spoke about it, and I mentioned the, the fact that the category was a little odd. So allow me to tell you, the five people who are nominated in this particular category. The, what category, is the category is category again. Learning and education. So oh, think okay. of every educational YouTube channel you can think of and every learning, whatever that means, um, uh, channel. So the first one is Chris Fix, who I think has about 5 million subscribers or something like that. Uh, I think he's just like a mechanic who like fixes cars and gives good practical advice. Been doing it for a very long time. Well done, Chris Fix. Only JS is from TikTok. Didn't know she also has a YouTube channel. And if you remember Matthew Santoro, oh, sure. who used to do the 50 interesting, yeah. a lot of people, there was a very popular time yeah. on the platform where people would just go and buy National Geographic 
like interesting fact, thousand interesting fact books. <laughs> And then just turn them into, and literally just read facts. And it's just like, anyways. Did he I, did I, he start that whole genre of this kind of top 10 and this, that, and everything? I, I wouldn't go as bold as to say, I'm, perhaps he did. I certainly he don't certainly know. He's, popularized. He popularized it. Yeah. I mean, he, he was 5 million subs on the platform when 5 million subs was like, holy crow, you have 5 million subs. So yeah, mm. no. And it was just that type of content, which really was really, really digestible. And I think he, he actually has recently like moved away from it or he's not doing that he kind of- He involved in, he had some little controversy or something with his channel. And, and I don't know what all it was. It was drama. It was YouTube drama. I think it's that, true. And I actually true. think there was like plagiarism, like, I think it, part of his research for a video was just going and repurposing, you know, BuzzFeed articles of the same, you know, seven oh. interesting things you didn't know about the right. Civil War. And yeah, and, and they were like in order and it was like kind of verbatim Ooh. to like, you could, yeah, exactly. So perhaps a little bit more than just, anyways, uh, only JS um, I did watch. And again, the same kind of, an interesting kind of modern take. She's a young person. She certainly is using the, and she has like 9 million followers on TikTok. What is so she kudos. what is she doing? She does TikTok videos? Yeah, just uh well, on, I mean the YouTube. limited the limited, you know, exposure that I had to like checking it out just in anticipation of speaking about it. I mean, she, it, it, she's funny and it, the videos are kind of well done for the platform and whatnot, but ultimately it is just kind of like here's an interesting thing you didn't know about. Here's a cool little hack. Here's a kind of interesting thing. And then and it there, gets into what has been kind of um overtaken in this category, which is the science channels. The, mm. uh, how does hydrogen mix with this? Why is the planet like that? Vsauce, Michael, da, da, da. So Mark Rober, who I believe mm. we talked about last time. Right. Uh, and again, kudos, well-deserving. Like uh, the, the videos, how to take a flamethrower and turn it into a thing. And what happens when you like- <laughs> I want to turn a flamethrower into a thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> happens when you set a hundred foot yacht on fire and it has a great right. thumbnail and it's very interesting i get why yeah. there's a, a lot of and and he's a former nasa scientist so i'm not like in any way you know comparing these um nile red and uh peter serpol i looked at both of them they have a couple million subscribers on their channel and it's the exact same type of content kind of that oh, okay. interesting kind of borderline clickbaity or like extreme science experiments. What yeah. happens if I take this and dump it into a giant thing of that? And uh, a lot of surprised faces on the, on the, on the it, thumbnails it, and whatnot. Face. But to circle back around, it's it very frustrating that crafting channels and sewing channels and woodworking channels and cleaning and organizing channels and channels which teach people second languages and uh, history specific channels and channels specifically about geography or traveling or culture <laughs> or religion or da da da. Everything gets lumped into this. But of course, we have, you know, an award section for dance, dance channels, hmm. literally just an award for, you know, the dance channels. And I get it. I don't want to be that old cranky guy, but coming from the maker they're, space, they're all the how -to, where's the maker award? Where's the person who like is creating right. content, which also creates really cool stuff. Where's the space for people like yourself or Jimmy Duresta or like who all, these mm -hmm. people who are doing great, interesting things. Um, but you know, right now science is hot. So the whole education and learning category is kind of like consumed by either interesting facts or kind of like extreme YouTube video style takes on it isn't so much about the experiments. It's about the sensationalism of the experiment and making it be as, as, as like kind of like clickable and shareable as possible. Cause it's like, 
there's no relatability to it. People watch your channel to learn how to woodwork. People don't kind of really learn. I mean, I guess you do certainly learn from it, but it's not like I'm going to now go blow up my station wagon. The thing that surprises me most about that was Matthew Santoro's. Honestly, I didn't realize he was still doing that and how he's, how he's, it was on that top three, number three spot for that. It's, it's odd. He was, um, uh, he was very relevant for a very, very long period of time. And I, I again, I, I don't even think he's doing those types of videos right now. But out of all of the people that I did see uh, nominated for a streaming, Anne Reardon, who has a channel called How to Cook That, and she ended up going through and revamped her channel from I mean, she still does baking and cooking and she's an amazingly talented baker. Uh, but now she's found success in going through and kind of outing and exposing content farms like uh, BuzzFeed and Five Minute Crafts and whatnot. Because in her space, the you know YouTube landscape's kind of been yeah. like taken over by just huge content farms who can produce uh, recipes and whatnot. And then she goes through and actually tests some of these recipes to see if it's actually viable. And some of them end up being kind of dangerous and, and potentially either poisonous or like showing you how to incorporate things into food that shouldn't be incorporated into food. And, uh, and these channels are just producing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of videos a day. And they're just consuming all of the views and whatnot. And, you know, little channels like little channels like Anne's, but independent channels like Anne's that are, you know, trying to, 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 to get ahead in this space just are really struggling. So it was nice to see a, she's gotten a whole new audience. Now her videos get millions of views like they used to with her baking and cooking content. Yeah. And now it's for, for her kind of being this person on the scene to kind of like point a finger and out some of the horrible things that are happening with content creators on this platform right now. Hmm. So when are the, when are the awards then? How does it, how does the whole thing work? Do you know? Uh, December 13th. And then I think it's all just kind of, I, I don't know. I'm sure they'll do some socially distanced thing where everybody answers, right. accepts their award on a zoom call, right. something like that. And, um, yeah, I, I, I guess every year I kind of get a little excited because it's like, it, it would maybe. be, yeah, maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's a, maybe a, a chance. And then it's, it's sometimes kind of tough to, not tough, but it, it, it's a little disheartening to like, see like the creators of the year, like yeah. Logan Paul and David Dobrik. <clears throat> yeah. And, and you, you see, yeah, I get it. <laughs> it seems like, and this is the way the YouTube rewind was back before it all fell apart, but it was always kind of, it started to seem like it was, you were always seeing the same people on there and they're, they're, you kind of get into this. There's all these different like groups in YouTube and, and like who rises to the top and everybody just keeps going with these same people for whatever they need of and even youtubers themselves and i would see this at vidcon and a couple of other places at where and i saw this at, at maker fair i went there a couple of years ago to to do a, a little small panel there and a lot of the the youtubers would all like gather around like in these these circles like a huddle sort of all just talking and you would see fans and people out like behind them just like I kind of want to engage with them but the, it was it was like this tight group and I, I didn't it kind of gave me a, an icky feeling in a way I'm like I, I don't like that do, do your, your fans are the people who are watching your videos you know 
we mm. ended up meeting each other at VidCon, didn't we? For the very, very first time. Have, yeah. Not on the second floor at VidCon. I mean, you were up on the third floor. You had the whole industry Ooh. pass. You were working it. And that was like your was. fourth or fifth VidCon. <laughs> you would bring Wyatt and all of the rest. Yeah. I get that was our first VidCon. We had no idea what to expect. And it was that was a little eye opening. That was uh VidCon uh, is a zoo. It's it is a zoo. zoo. And, and you when know, you're in that, uh, you know, when you're in the space where you have, you know, a massive following and, and literally 75% of every single person who's there is there just to kind of see these few right. creators and like whatnot. Uh, it, it does. It, it stops any kind of like networking between creators. And that was what was brilliant about ClamorCon because it was like right. a nice departure from that not having fans about and whatnot. But remember the one, uh, I think uh, Logan Paul showed up and then Casey, Nan like they make entrances. Oh, into these celebrities. Like yeah. everybody kind of knew like, yeah. And then Casey Neistat's literally being kind of treated like a, a Jack, Jack Nicholson from... <laughs> from uh when he used to go to the oscars or whatever so i have i, I met uh smosh back when they were still together and still a, a big channel i mean they're still a big channel but it's not like smosh you know yes. like it was but because the, my only experience with a multi-channel network remember those mcn i don't even know if they still exist anymore they probably do under a different name or something it's just a bit of a different yeah they have a different skin i think now so i was part of defy and defy was like ground zero of the they're the ones that just crashed and burned folded up and took everybody's money and everything luckily i got out of that deal i was only in it for like a year and it did mean nothing and i got out of it before all of that before all of that happened but when i was in there that year i went to vidcon and they had a special room for all Defy creators. It was like their lounge, the Defy lounge. And you could go up there and, and hang out and meet the other creators who were also part of that network. And Smosh, those two guys were the biggest creators um, that Defy had. In fact, I think Defy owned Smosh or they they bought Smosh, mm -hmm. you know. And so they, but they had, talk about the celebrity culture then. They, they had a special in this lounge room, which is only creators. It's, there's not fans or anything up there. They had a special booth and it was like this glass enclosed aquarium sort of with a door on it where, where Ian and Anthony could go in there when it was just like, I'm getting too stressed out with everything. And they could just go in there and play video games and sit and hang out and just like, it was like their room to chill out even though it was completely visible. So there was like this weird cage. You were watching. These. Voyeuristic. You can just it watch. Was very, very what? odd. But I did, I did meet and I got to talk to both of them and they were just the nicest guys. They really are nice, nice guys. And I think they got the, they got kind of shafted on the whole deal. They sold out. So I don't want to say sold out, but they sold their channel really early on, like right. in 2011, maybe something sold it to like a bigger they didn't even own their own channel and they were became employees which is really bizarre and at one time smosh was the biggest channel on youtube most subscribers and every single video would would trend yeah youtube was so behind it because they were almost the epitome of what worked on the platform at the time a couple of guys just being like hey yep. sketch comedy put some funny videos together and it really seemed for a very long time that that's what it's about and i think that's ultimately what led to anthony kind of parting and whatever yeah. because it 
it became a business. I got that. They had a hundred different channels. They had television shows and movies. It was a crazy time. Then 2011 through like 2014, mm -hmm. it's like this new media platform is out there creating new superstars. Yeah. But there was no there was no um, understanding of what you're kind of supposed to do once you're there. And even YouTube didn't know. I mean, yeah. to their credit, they almost the golden age of YouTube back then. And now that I think about it back up until about 2015 or so, maybe is where there were still these YouTube, you know, they started early on and they, they built their channels up and they became these celebrities and there was the whole YouTube culture. And every year you would look forward to that YouTube rewind because you'd get to see these people all in that doing their thing. And and it was the one time that it wasn't about like who was getting the most views. It was like YouTube Rewind was about like YouTubers and like yeah. the people on the platform doing great things at YouTube. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, that's, that's exactly, exactly what it was. And then it just, I guess it's inevitable, you know, just company gets bigger and bigger and it starts having all these other outside interests come in and, you know, I think the, the last kind of telling sign was when that whole, t-series PewDiePie race to who was going to have the most subscribers and i think that PewDiePie can still hold his head high knowing that he is the most subscribed to youtuber because t-series is not a youtuber you know what i mean i think ultimately the internet gave up there was a wonderful period where clearly based upon trajectory he should have been overtaken at a certain point and he kind of like rolled with it and kind of worked with it and, and, and made it into a thing, which ended up getting him what an incredible surge in subscribers during that time. Like all of the people that just kind of yeah. came, that was actually the time that I took the clean. And I think we're subscribed to maybe like five people on the, the actual clean my space account. And I took the account and I went and I, I subscribed because I just wanted to in some small way contribute <laughs> I to did too. Like this, yeah. this brief and it was it was for months they made it happen for months it wow. should have happened a long time ago and then on reddit or whatever and he would just get a huge surge and he would literally get like a million subs in a day it was like oh you're getting a plaque mailed to you every single day it was incredible incredible and that was there was the uh, there was a channel who was live streaming those two figures i think from social blade at the time yeah. when you could do that on yeah. and that's that live stream became like the the most popular live stream ever on youtube 24 hours, 24 seven, just showing numbers. Isn't and, and isn't what, like, that's kind of what that battle was about. Yeah. Th that battle, excuse me, that like, it we was were a all following it. was it a battle. Was like, <laughs> here's a guy who, it was, it was a huge battle. And it, here's just a guy who like started making videos. And to this day, with all of his success, still makes videos just every yeah. single day. The same type of videos seems to be the same type of guy with a whole, you know, different world that he lives in. But he really does come across as that. And I can't think of anything which represents big corporate media conglomerate just pushing out. I think there were like four or 500 videos a day. It's like, how do you go up against that? <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it was, it was a perfect, like just metaphor of yeah. what YouTube was. And I think at the end, we we i am speaking on behalf of the entire internet <laughs> <laughs> but i think i think they or it or that surge just kind of like all right we you know dragged this along like clearly inevitably they are just going to organically overtake and i i think he called a stop to it and all of the rest i think yeah. he also made that thing um 
but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right to go back to what we were talking about before, like uh, early in the, like the early 2010s was a time where it's like, there was no, uh, there was no plan for what you were supposed to do with it. So mm -hmm. that Smosh ran out and had five different channels and they all ended up getting 10 million subs and producing content and bringing more people on. And Philip DeFranco ends up getting big and then starts yep. source fed and wants to make a news da da da. da. And I think uh, along the way, people are now just focusing on the end bits of people's success and not the kind of the initial push that, that uh, initiated what, what helped the success in the first place, which was like just putting up a Halloween video because you like making Halloween videos. <laughs> and you put more thought into that than you do with any other type of content yeah. that, 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 you, that you put out there. And that's what, that's what makes YouTube special. That's what, that's what I subscribed to PewDiePie for, because that's what makes YouTube special. Well, it's also like the uh, video we had a couple times, a couple podcasts ago, where we talked about, is there still room on YouTube for YouTubers? And, it, and I think, you know, really the point there is, is what is a YouTuber? And I think we're starting to really see um, what a YouTuber sort of is or was and can mm -hmm. still be. But there, there's also this whole new breed of people coming in that, you know, they they're having a, they have a whole game plan, and so it is. It's just a different landscape. It's not to say they can't make good content or anything, but it, it's. I think of like, Mystery Guitar Man, back yeah. in early 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 ten, 2010s. You know, he was making these amazing videos, just amazing videos. They're a couple minutes long. And then he ended up, you know, producing a feature film. He made Arctic. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's a really good movie. It's on Netflix, Mad, isn't it? I think. Yeah, probably. Mads Mikkelsen is in it. And so he kind of graduated. But that was his game plan all along is he really wanted to make movies. And so he had like spent his time on YouTube, you know, honing that craft of making special effects and doing all this stuff and probably working really fast. I don't know how he could produce those videos one a week without a like huge by staff. himself or at least with a small right. staff at a time because it was unheard of to have you know a business a registered business where the prime source of income is like right. your youtube video you know ad earnings and sponsorships and whatnot so he was putting all of this work into it well clearly because he's an insanely talented artist and he made amazing music and but he also had that element of making amazing videos right if if anybody is listening to this and doesn't know Joe Penna or Mystery Guitar yeah. Man, that that's a great throwback channel too. I, I actually visited uh, like a few months ago. I, I checked his channel out and watched some of his older videos. They're an absolute joy to watch. Yeah, absolutely. There was and there's other YouTubers that that kind of moved on in different ways. Uh, like uh, Freddie Wong. Do you remember that he, yeah. he started Jump Jumpstart Studios? Jump. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. And I think he's like producing more like, you know, mainstream content now. And then Ryan Higa, do you remember Ryan Higa? Real yeah. funny, funny videos. And he, I think he just moved on to podcasting, really. Kind of like H3. H3 doesn't really produce any YouTube content anymore other than their podcast. Actually, which is uh, up for an award. Oh, really? <laughs> because they have a pot. Oh, my They have a goodness. category for drama. <laughs> they have a podcast category, Steve. Oh. This is in. This is how I'm going to get a stream. Podcast. There you a go. Podcast. Chad and Steve have a podcast. Yeah. Best podcast of the year, 2024. 
<laughs> I realize that everything's recorded now. So if that yeah. ends up being a thing, that would be how... creepy. That would be so weird. It was like, <laughs> damn, they predicted it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the numbers are, are looking good on our podcast. I'm really happy with it. And you know, it's it's like it's true what people were saying. You know, the Apple podcast, a lot of people still listen over there. Uh, it kind of surprised me. I didn't realize that was it was still kind of a thing. I remember, you know, iTunes back in the day, but I, I've never been an Apple user, so I don't really know other than when I had an iPod and then you had to have iTunes <laughs> to download. Sorry, did you just say iPod? I did. Said, yeah, yeah, you had an iPod. Did you? I had what, an what was iPod. your first? What was yeah. the first iPod you bought? Did you buy an iPod one when they? You know what the first the first iPod I had was the iPod Video. It had it was a little video one on there. It had a itty bitty screen on it, and I don't even remember if it was touch screen or not. And I I don't remember, but I do remember it was the i and I think that's what it was called. It was the iPod Video, and sixty four megs of storage, so you could watch exactly yeah. thirteen seconds of video on the screen yeah, really? <laughs> before you had to like. Oh, but that I got so frustrating just trying to download songs and having to try to work the whole. I thought it was a real convoluted way to try to, but I, I still kind of find that way with Apple products. I get real frustrated with them. They don't seem as intuitive to me, but it's just because I'm not, I'm not used to them, I guess. Do you miss the ownership of songs? No, Do not you, at all. No. You don't care? Yeah. If I got Spotify, I'm happy. I'm not, I'm not like a power listener you know i'm not I, i'm not a, i don't have headphones in my you know ears all day long you know some people listen to music yeah. all the time yeah and i don't I, I listen to probably more podcasts now you know if i'm at the gym or something I'll, I'll listen to podcasts more than i'll listen to music i listen to music like if we're eating dinner or something i'll, I'll put on i'll just cast it to my roku tv the spotify but I, you know everything i want to listen to is on spotify it's true, but you do sometimes kind of realize that you have like your favorite songs and, and whatnot, and you just kind of like are renting them. <laughs> and like when yeah. you're not near your phone or you're not near a computer and you're just like, I want to listen to something. It's like, ah, oh, let me go get my phone, log into Spotify. True. The phone. And there was an element of liking. It's like, I got that song on my phone. That's yeah. like my phone. I like that. <laughs> Being able to listen to it anytime, whether I have Wi-Fi or not. But I don't know. That could just also be cranky old man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we, I get we, it. I don't have space. I, I, we have a ch channel about decluttering. So I certainly don't want to bring in like CD. I don't want to bring CDs back with the cases yeah. that used to snap and whatever and the little whatever. But I miss liner notes and I miss lyric. I do too. Just the album, the cover art, everything, you know. And then the thought of putting uh, an album together clearly um, is, is, is a little more lost because we just digest kind of like a song and then a shuffle play and let's just do well, this. The, you don't have kind of beginning. I mean, you do, but it's yeah. not, the platforms don't promote kind of listening to it in that way. So I think the new way of music from what I'm gathering and this, uh, I think a lot of this started with old town road, you know, that the song yes. that was such a, a hit with, with, I think like Billy Ray Cyrus got involved in that. And so, but there was like so many different versions of this song because you can, you're not putting it on a disc or anything. So why that song got traction so much was just because there were just so many ways that he was recording and releasing it every single time he would release a new version of this thing. And so they're saying, one article I was reading is this is sort of looking at what the future of music is. And I think a lot of it is here right now is that the kind of the whole album, you know, format is probably not going, it'll probably still be around, but it's not going to really be the thing when you can just release 
songs as you're yeah. done with them. Yes. And they're just figuring out different ways to, it seems uh, like it's an easier way to fudge numbers because it used to be like album sales. You literally right. needed to have all of the companies and, and stores and whatnot that sold albums report, you know, purchases. So therefore you could say like this album has sold a million copies. So in whatever the United States, there's 1 million people who own this album. And now that they're starting to count obviously they, they count streams. I get it off of Spotify and all of the rest, but now it's also like, there's this element of like YouTube video streams. It's like Justin Timberlake, when he releases a song, uh, downloading it on iTunes is one thing, putting up the teaser video, the lyric video, the official music video, the alternative, you know, music videos featuring, you know, Ja Rule and like, and all of these other elements. And you see it when um, there's a, there's a rapper called Takashi 69. Oh, he's sure. A very yeah. Colorful person. So if you don't know him by name, he's the guy with the rainbow hair and the rainbow teeth and all yeah. of the rest. And whether or not you like his music, you, you at least have to tip the hat of seeing the way that YouTube and the promotion on YouTube is such an important aspect because it's not about going and purchasing a song. It's literally about getting as many streams on the same song as possible. So therefore your stream numbers go up. So therefore you end up being quote unquote on the charts and you get additional whatever. Uh, and clearly people who are hustling and, 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 and trying to get noticed would end up doing this stuff. But I read an article about how Justin Bieber is doing this with whatever his latest album was that he released a few months ago. And he did exactly that. And I went to his YouTube channel and like, you son of a gun, you literally did. And they all have very similar thumbnails. So they all look like you're listening to, you know, whatever his um, yum, 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 or whatever that, that right. song was that he was promoting. And there was the lyric video, the, uh, the trailer for it, the trailer for the lyric video, the trailer for the official video coming, interviews and behind the scenes. And all of them were a hundred million views, 45 right. million. And the same with Takashi 69 just does various. So therefore now you have this one song, which is getting exposed a billion kind of times in like a hundred different ways versus just like release a song, right. put it on your album in the right place. Hope that, you know, radio picks it up and people go out and buy the album based upon the strength of that one song. And that's what you think about when you're a musician and sitting down, you're like, I want to put this out. And now the whole mindset's just like, how can I bang a single out there and then, you know, get a video and then try to do this and then so on. And so I think YouTube is especially relevant because not only are you getting all of that exposure from the songs and all the different variations of it that you're putting out there, but you're getting a lot of traction by all of these people who are posting reaction videos to it and reviews and everything They're that fun. shows up. I mean, especially at a guy like six, nine, who's, who is, you know, had a lot of, I guess, legal problems and you know, that's, he's, at, he's that's a nice way a, to put it. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, you know, he's one of those people that will just, you know, engender a response. Yes. Definitely. And I get that. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's the way business is done. And when I saw Justin Bieber doing it, I'm like, all right, this is clearly the way that these things are done. And this is the way that you get exposure now. It's, and you're right. And uh, YouTube music uses Justin Bieber's like you can use without any, un like they, they started making it where like popular songs is like, use them, remix them in your video mm -hmm. as many times as you want. You won't get copyright strike if you do a cover of it or if you do a whatever. And as you point out, it's just like so much more exposure yeah. 
for uh, for a song. So much traction. It is. You know what I wrote down on our, our random thoughts topic ideas page? I was just looking through that and I was thinking, I know what I, and the very first one I put on there, and I forgot I put this on there. How sad, people who literally watch live streams of cats. <laughs> oh, last week I was watching a live stream. <laughs> so sorry, the sad person was you. <laughs> yes. I mean, I was thinking, what has my life become? I'm watching a live stream and the live stream had like 8,000 viewers at the, at the one time. It was amazing. And it's just cats. That's how it. much time? How much time did you invest in this? Oh, I was probably watching for a good 10 minutes. I mean, we're in that. Like, is <laughs> Don't it con- judge me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. I was, uh, I was looking at uh, CPG Gray's channel just the other day, and he posted, like, he went on a r- road trip or something like that. Mm-hmm. So just randomly on his channel, he posted, like, a seven-hour long yeah. video of him driving from Arizona to wherever yeah. somewhere. And he just kind of recorded it in real time. No music, no nothing. And man, if I did not watch that for an hour and 30 minutes, because I'd done a similar drive, so I wanted to see some things. That I, and he's, he's so good at what he does. He's yeah. one of those creators on YouTube. He's one of the few that I will watch every single video as soon as it's posted. I don't miss it. I, I love CGP Gray's videos. Yeah. I mean, there's another one that would probably be, there's a great learning and education channel. Uh, not yeah, really? Science. He really goes deep. And... Uh, a really wonderful, you know, style of actually uh, delivering it, and such a soothing voice. Oh yeah, yeah, such I a soothing that. voice. Yeah. One of these faceless channels, you know. Uh, now that uh, now that we're starting to get some people who are commenting on the on on, on YouTube videos uh, for the podcast, it's been interesting to see. Um, and we did exchange that there was a comment that was left, which was a little ambiguous and it made us laugh because it's one of those comments where it's like, is this person, are they trolling? Is it English as a second language? Is it just, you're just not very bright, not too sure exactly what it was, but I was, I was, uh, it made me think about uh, just some of the stuff that we do on our channel for comment moderation. And wanted to ask you this for a while. What do you do on your channel as far as comment moderation? Well, first of all, I've got like hundreds of blacklisted words. And most of those are from spammy uh, sales kind of things. And there's a lot of this, there's a whole woodworking thing where it's a scammy product that goes out there and it's a, so one of these multi-level marketing things. And so I, I get all those keywords. And then there's kind of like your, your run-of-the-mill snotty. Kind. You know what? I have, uh, this is pretty funny. One of the words I have blacklisted is just unsubscribe. Just because it annoys me when people have to physically say that I am now unsubscribing. I don't care. What if someone left a comment though? I'm unsubscribing just to subscribe against you because yeah, you. I've, I've I've had a few of those, and once in a while I'll catch those, you know, because it what it, it puts it in a holding tank, you know, yes. on the creator studio. You can look through them, but you know, I I let most comments, uh, whatever anybody wants to say is fine. Those, those bizarre comments where you just read them and you're like, first of all, I look to see if it's, if it's just English as a second language. And if that's the case, I cut them slack. I, you know, I understand that. But then there's some where, you know, I look, the guy's like from, you know, Texas or something. I'm like, oh, well, this guy cannot string together a sentence. I have no idea. But every time I see those, I always take a screen cap of it because I love saving these things. I just find them, just find them amusing. But I don't, I don't usually respond to those. And you know, that's sort of my strategy. The only time I delete 
comments is if somebody is just really, I could just tell just trying to be snotty. That's the only thing they're, they're trying to do. And even if it's like something I can't really pin my finger on, I know what they're trying to do and I'll just, I'll just delete it. And that's just to not give the comment space. Right. And I agree that because that's what perhaps those people are looking for, which is just like, it's still there. So we can still see it. I think the way when you, when you, well, yeah, okay. You can delete a comment, but if you block a user and I've had to block some users, I think they can still post comments. It's just nobody sees them. I believe it is the most, we talked about the second most brilliant thing being the one in 10 feature or like <laughs> yeah. the, being able to see your last 10 videos and how this video is doing in relation to it. It's so handy. The, the handiest feature is the hide this user's yeah. comments. Right. And you can just access it by going to like your comment feed and yeah. you can just whatever. And um, uh, I, just love that. I, I, so- I do the same thing that you do as in we'll leave some comments there because they're safe enough to leave there. And I want, I want whatever other people will react to this to react, to be able to react to this as in, I don't want to hi- like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. If it's something which is obviously just horrible that just gets removed, but then there's those people who just think that they're doing, you know, they, they got you, they got your number because they watch all your content. Da, da, da. So you can't like remove the comment because it's like, well, I mean, you know, whatever. I don't want to just like remove your comment because I don't like what you have to say. But it's like, I can tell, I think what you're saying is like, I can tell that you're doing it in a certain way. I can tell that you're trying to like, just, you're just doing it to get under my skin. You're just doing it to be a bit of a dick. And I appreciate that. Like it is the internet and that kind of comes in the territory. YouTube gave us a feature and it's hide this user and no one aside from them uh, will ever be able to see their comments again. It's so it's, so it's like placing them in a, uh, like, a <laughs> like a glass, like taking a, it's like trapping a spider almost. Yep. And it's just like, cool. You can yell to your heart's content. You will get no <laughs> engagement on your comments. They'll be posted. It's not like you've been banned from post. No, no, no. You think you're being heard. Nobody so you sees checking, it. <laughs> you keep coming and checking the videos and it's still there, but you don't ever get any reactions to your comment. And it I think is, it I is just, just a wonderful that. way to, just get them caught in a loop. And it's like, all right, you go talk to yourself for a while. I think a lot of people spend so much time just, just, just wrapped up in, and it's not just YouTube, it's everywhere, just wrapped up in the world of debate. And, and yeah. they always are looking for something to, so, I mean, I'll post the most innocuous video about a, a cats. I'm built, it's always about the cats. <laughs> I need to come up with different examples. I'm obsessed with these cats. Dogs, I'll, dogs. <laughs> I'll do something like that. And then somebody somehow has to put in like some sort of a political statement. Well, you know, this wouldn't happen if yeah. this guy was president or this. And, and I'm like, what, wait, where did that come what? from? This is not the format for that. Go over to Twitter. They'll love you over there. Oh, exactly. <laughs> You'll get a hundred thousand followers with that kind of talk. It's like, like not everything has to be debatable. Not everything has to have sides taken on it. Just enjoy it. I remember there was a time. I guess it was a few years ago. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming it was after Donald Trump was elected president, and we found ourselves kind of in the whatever it is that we're in right now. And uh, the large news um, outlets, like traditional newspapers, I don't know if the New York Times or the Washington Post, I don't know the actual specifics, but a lot of them that used to have comment sections just started doing away with the comment section. Cause it's just like, 
we're, this isn't commentary. This is an editorial. We're just trying to report like, here's the thing and da da da. But now we've, we find ourselves where like, we have such free reign to have everybody's comments so freely incorporated into the huge conversation that builds a community and that yeah. as opposed to just, there's a wonderful simplicity in like, I read an article about something and it made me feel a few certain ways and I'm not too sure. And I'm not sure if I even need to have an opinion versus you read an article or you, the best is not, and Reddit is great for this. You don't even read the article. You just go to the comments and whatever yeah. the top comment is, is now what I feel about this headline that I just read. Yeah. It's like, man, you have no context about the story. You have no whatever. And I think that's just, um, kind of running rampant in general. Like everybody has this whole, like my opinion matters too. I don't like this and I disagree. <laughs> I think then there's a lot of that. And I'm guilty of a little bit of that on YouTube when I hear about some sort of, um, I don't know, some video that, you know, somebody's done something, oops, they probably shouldn't have said that or something. And then you hear about it. I think like the guy, remember the guy who was suing Ethan Klein for yes. something and. And so I went to go look at his video and I, as soon as this video started playing, I just hit pause because all I wanted to do was read the comments. I just wanted to see, okay, what's all this fuss about? And oh my God, that was a, that was an eye opener. It was like every single comment was just, it was just hate. It was just all hate. So it seems, it feels like, and I remember looking through that and thinking, oh, I feel dirty reading through this because it's almost like it doesn't really matter what the guy was, what he was talking about or anything. It was just like suddenly he became this vessel of hate that anybody could just spew off just the most vile stuff they, they wanted to with probably not even really understanding what all was going on. They had just seen the H3 video. And so that was that was kind of my exposure with that. But I've done that on a couple of, of videos where I hear about some sort of little controversy and I'll just go and just to read the comments. And yeah, it is pretty sleazy, I guess. Yeah, there's certainly uh, there's certainly a place for it as much as there's a place for watching live streams of cats or whatever there's certainly a place for doing deliberate like there's there's drama channels and there's channels that you know that you can go to to kind of get your fill of that kind of whatever um, but it's just in general and that's why I, I gave I, I gave a lot of respect to um, to the the newspapers which decided to do that it's like let's just cut off the everybody needing to have a voice let's just report whatever and you can i just remember a time where you you used to read something and then just kind of think for yourself and yeah. like form your own opinion and your your opinion didn't change based upon like just literally reading one two or three sentence long comment which was enough to be like, oh, well, that now that, that makes complete sense. So now I think about that and it kind of starts to become kind of like herd mentality where it's like, I'll, I'll believe whatever the top rated, most like acceptable yeah. way that this got digested. That's what I think about this. And the way everybody has taken sides on everything now, everything. it's just like everything is just either black or white you have to take one or two a or nuance, b nuance and pootie pie was right when he went through um i think it was one like there was a washington post it wasn't washington post it was someone else yeah he had his um, share of that wall that street contract. journal i believe and there was a reporter that wrote this whole thing and it was based upon him wearing an old military outfit, right. outfit in completely out of context Took and they used that grab. with his some of his stuff which is 100 he needs to be held responsible for but so much context got lost in that and he was he literally went after or he made a you know kind of like some bold statements being like where did context go in i any remember that like you just read a headline and you think you know 
And I realized that it was true when I would have conversations with other people who I trust, I liked family, friends, whoever, and they would just pipe up with like, oh, well, PewDiePie, he's the da 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 da. And like saying things in a factual kind of way right. or like their opinion has been affected because we are uncomfortable with being like, I don't have an opinion on that. Doesn't mean I support what he did or not support what he did. It means I wasn't there. I don't understand the context and da da da. We, I, at least I, understand PewDiePie because I've watched him for many, many, many years. So I understand the context of what they were, whatever. But when that gets called out, I mean, people don't stop to kind of read or pay attention anymore. And that's just been uh, incubated so much that, man, it's time for this ride to stop. I want to get off the it roller is. coaster. <laughs> you know, you know, uh, Penn Gillette, don't you? From, from yes. Teller. And yes. it's, it's, I, I read everything of his, I listen to his podcast and everything, but one of his I very, quotes, very, very much like Penn. One of his quotes I read in one of his books was, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, was something like, "One, the three of the most liberating words you can say are, I don't know. And just to admit that I just don't know about something. And it, it does. It, it frees you to be like, I don't have to form an opinion on everything because I just don't know. I don't know enough about something. And I think that's why people take these shortcuts. It's like, well, I'll just look through the comments. And if I see somebody who uh, you know, might have something that I agree with on one thing, then I'm just going to agree with that pe person. And then it just becomes this, you're only looking for people who support that opinion. And it's like you were saying, these people who are commenting on PewDiePie had never seen PewDiePie. They didn't know his vast body of work on YouTube. And yet you can pull this one thing out of context and inform a whole opinion about somebody. And it's sad, but it's kind of the state of the union right now. It, it's it, we're, we're in yeah. this strange time where you're right. It's, and it's also hard to uh, identify with something which has been kind of been placed on the other side so it's it's hard to have nuance in your life and be like i support some of this but i also think this is important and people are like well you think that well then you must be this <laughs> and everything you know, needs and to get categorized social media fans these these flames because it's their their whole business model is built around conflict and disagreements especially facebook now is where like your posts will get way more traction if it's something controversial if it's something that has the likes to you know i guess they don't have dislikes but you have this this ratio of, of people who like it don't like it those are the ones that that get elevated and get more traction when you get people heated up about something emotionally involved in something facebook loves it sells ads and it ends up becoming uh, the barometer or the temperature of a community. And um, uh, I was watching a video earlier about uh, someone talking about um, troll comments and managing them and whatnot and curating them. So therefore you don't necessarily harbor a comment section where people are either attacking one another or attacking you or just having the, 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 overarching thought being it's more important to have the engagement be a positive engagement for the community building aspect as opposed to having oh this has 3,000 comments they're all toxic and that being like yeah. oh yeah but that's better engagement versus when we don't do something controversial or don't whatever and and we don't get many comments for that so it doesn't engage the video as much or or what have you it's 
do you do you guys have any one video that has like is a controversial or you get any kind of that sort of thing on it it was our very first viral video i think i've told the story before but the thumbnail was the video was shot of it was melissa cleaning grout and Melissa was kind of wearing just what looked like when she was standing up a regular cut top. <laughs> However, when she was cleaning grout lying on the floor, what ended up kind of opening up and, 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 and sharing um, to YouTube uh, a little bit of her cleavage. And it wasn't done intentionally, but that was back in the days before you could um, get customized thumbnails. You had to have a certain amount of subscribers or a certain amount of views before you could unlock right. being able to have custom thumbnails. And you could yeah. only choose the three random ones that that YouTube gave. And YouTube picked those because it's like, hey, this is some ladies cleavage. <laughs> Gonna get a lot of clicks. And it did. It, got, it was our first big video um, as far as that was concerned for several reasons, but also because in the anyways it brought it brought out a whole bunch of people who saw that assumed that based upon the thumbnail that we were doing it deliberately to get clicks then watched a 10 minute video where a person does an excellent job of showing you how to clean your grout uh, and then takes the time you know will take the time to leave a comment and just be like oh i'd like to clean your grout or like clearly there's all the the sexual comments because yeah. she's a woman and because there was like you know cleavage involved uh, and then there's so all weird. just the people <laughs> it's like don't they realize that there, there's like a whole vast internet you know Pornhub exists <laughs> you, you know, yeah and cleavage you don't on, on like, youtube is, is what okay <laughs> straining to see this little bit of cleavage which is in between the boobs that isn't even boob. you're not even looking at boob you're looking at boob. the space between them anyways so um it was the one video um that we, I, we uh, it, uh, completely unedited, it, uh, we call it the Wild West. It yeah. is, there's no uh, filtering on that video's comments deliberately just to see what it attracts. And it attracts all sorts from the people who are like, oh, it's crazy that so many people clicked to watch this stupid video about cleaning grout right. just because there was a hot chick in the thumbnail. And <laughs> I used to love replying to those comments. It's very strange that you said that on a video about cleaning grout that you're watching right posted right. by like why are you here if you're if right that one, it, to judge the people who got sucked into being click baited or whatnot anyways yeah that one would that would attract all sorts of people like the defenders the shamers the the uh, oh that's just yeah that's that's right i have one my one video that i've also kind of almost given up ownership of and that's my it's my most viewed video is the nail through the wood gimmick trick that i just shot on a lark and but i added a soundtrack to it which has never been copyright claimed i don't know how but uh the song was i just thought it was an interesting song it kind of accompanied the, the the video and the video did really well but it was only a few years ago that all of a sudden the comments started in on this whole us and them kind of thing like this song is is left-wing propaganda and then it would be followed up by this song is just right-wing pop propaganda <laughs> it would literally they would be like both sides interpreting this same song differently and it just got so much that i just I, like you said it's the wild wild west i just let it go and i just i feel like i don't even really own that video anymore even though it does great on 
AdSense, you know, it's like one of my top earners every month because it's just, it's just a, it's a cash you know, cow. It ends up feeling, that's a very good way to put it. It feels like it's like an estranged video, like yeah. because it has been taken over by what we were talking about earlier, like lack of context, like the whole comment section and probably the large percentage of the viewership is now fueled by whatever conversation is currently happening in the, and I'll, I'll go to some of our other videos and you'll see conversations which have been happening over the past six or eight months on videos, which have are years old and they have this weird second resurgence and a lot of the comments, which are back and forth and people arguing about things and they have like 800 likes. It's like, where's all this traffic coming from just to like troll so in the comments? Like, is this the only reason why this video is now doing well in our archive is because there's this huge argument or disagreement yeah, or back probably, and forth. Probably so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I think, I'm sure that's the way my video is, is just because it's constantly being engaged with in a way that other old videos that old, that video is 10 years old, you know? crazy have you ever thought about taking that exact same thumbnail and the exact same title and doing some type of reboot of that video to see if it actually was something as simple as like it's such a good thumbnail that you would literally yeah. do like a like a reboot video or a 10-year anniversary video How, what, what do you do you know when the video was was launched I think it, was, it was probably 10 years ago i'm pretty sure it was 2010 it may have been earlier than that so do yeah, we would be follow up and do a similar style or the exact same thumbnail to see if it works again. People have tried to copy it and done the exact same thing and they'll try to do variations on the title. And it's also my most copied video. You know, when you get people who up, re-upload your videos, that's yeah. one of the most common ones that, that they re-upload. But no, I don't think I would because it just, like I said, it doesn't even feel like my video anymore. And I, I barely even remember shooting it. It was at such it was such a spur of the moment thing. It was just a, a cool little gimmick. You know, you boil wood, you squish it down, you put a nail through it. And, and I never. Spoiler I never, alert. I, I had no idea, by the way, you just mentioned it. Like I figured there was a whatever, but you boil the wood and that. Yeah. You boil uh, it. So it's, and you squish it down. Tracks. That makes sense. But I, it's just, uh, you know, it's just one of those things you can't predict. And it's like we were saying with viral content, everybody says that you can't predict viral content. You can't create viral content. No, not, not anymore. It, I, well, I don't know if ever. I think all of the people that stumbled into it stumbled into it and we've been yeah. trying our best to replicate it. And I think you can replicate it with success, but not that, not yeah. that secret sauce that takes something that was previously nothing and shoots it into the stratosphere like this podcast will end up being in 2024 be when we win podcast of the year, 2024. I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going 2022. I'm going to be optimistic. That's bold. I'm that just, gives I'm us all of next year. What episode are we on? This, this is, is episode number... nine. nine. Wow. Are we going to do anything special for the 10th episode? Like, or should we look back at the previous 10? <laughs> do like a retrospective. Our long, our long podcast. Like greatest hits. <laughs> No, it's it's a ton of fun, man. I this love is, this podcast. This, it's great, and I'm glad people are finding it. Really, I think that's it makes it all the more worthwhile because we were kind of just speaking into a vacuum for a long time, you know. It's now the world hears. And it's really nice to read uh, the comments for people who are watching on YouTube. Um, so please continue to leave comments and say hello and let us yeah. know you're here. It's so wonderful. Thank you very much for everyone who has 
who has joined in to this fun because it is fun. I'd look forward to this more than anything each week. Yeah. And we've got some guests lined up. We've got two guests lined up. I'm not going to say who they are, but the first one will be November 6th, I think. I don't know if you got that email, but anyways, that's when our first guest. And then from then on, we're going to have some more. Yeah. Um, and if you can think of anybody who uh, might uh, be interested in uh, being a guest, yeah, you can, you can let us know. Pitch yourself. Give us your elevator pitch. Do we have a? Do we have another episode before Halloween? Uh, or is this yeah. No, we'll we'll yeah because Halloween is a week from Saturday. So yeah, we'll have another. Well, then I jumped the gun with my Halloween themed shirt, and I'll have. Oh uh, no, it's it's okay. <laughs> I like the shirt though. Thank you. It says, I got a rock. I know. For those of you who remember um, Charlie Brown, he always you know got what? a rock. I watched that again. I used to always watch it. And, and it didn't, we've been a long time since I'd seen it. And then I saw it a few years ago. Well, probably more than a few years ago, maybe five, six years ago. And after having a kid, you know, and I looked at it with a whole different set of eyes. And I, I thought, this is like really cruel it's like they, <laughs> the kids are just bullying him they're just downright mean to charlie brown and I, yeah. it's like oh i don't really it, it left a bad taste in my mouth charlie brown was my favorite character growing up i went as charlie brown probably like six years in a row or something like that <laughs> really? my mom made me a shirt literally bought me a yellow shirt and then oh, made the nice. line along the bottom I always loved Charlie Brown because he, out of every cartoon or comic or whatever, was 100% the most relatable. Like as a kid, you, 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 you watch cartoons and everybody's a superhero and everybody does whatever. And this right. was this kid who like didn't understand Christmas, who, who didn't know what all the fuss was about. It was, was just sometimes like literally was just sitting on a wall and just like, yeah. Ooh, like literally embraced kind of like, I'm sad and I have whatever. And I remember that being so like relatable. And I'm like, I love Charlie Brown and I want to root for him, but I know Lucy's going to pull the football away. Every time he's going to Every spin time. around. That's going to make me laugh. That gives me that payoff of like, that's funny. But there's something so wonderful because I felt like I was that kid who got the football yanked away every single Aww, time. Poor Chad. Now this has just become a therapy session. Wah, wah, wah. We're going to end that, on a downer. One thing we got to do is figure out how to end these podcasts. <laughs> I feel like I never know how to, how to wrap it up. You know, how do well, people wrap up podcasts? I'm trying to remember. And I think they just, that's it. Thanks. Goodbye. My approach was to tell a depressing story from childhood. That works. I figured to <laughs> end on the lowest note possible. So people will really be excited about joining us next week when we'll talk about way more exciting things. Oh, man. Yeah. We'll go with the depressing stories every time. But you did have that really good intro. So that makes up for it. And we got that going for us. <laughs> so the intro is now I have pressure on because now I need to actually do it. Right. We just need to, we just need to figure out the outro, outro. There's a YouTube word. I think that started with YouTube, outro. An outro. Mm -hmm. All right. You want to think of one right now? Should I put you on the spot or should No, I, I have nothing. I got nothing. I, got, I, I would just sit here and probably talk for the next hour. I have to reel myself in. So maybe episode 10 should just be like an hour of, of closings, which has closed <laughs> each of the previous 10 episodes. Thank you all for joining us. This has been a great podcast. Listen to us. Yeah, and I don't know what to do. Like, did we go through all of it? It's like, hey, follow us on Spotify and YouTube. We have a Twitter account, an Instagram account. You can also subscribe and click the bell icon on YouTube. There you go. You just did that, it. There we go. That's all right, so let's thing. just record that. 
and then we'll just play it. Uh, if somebody's listening to this, they already know how to do all that stuff, right? If you made it this deep into episode nine, I'm thinking you're probably subscribed. And if you're not, then you should do that right now. There's the ending.